0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires you today. I was, I was debating what to, to call this, so I just thought, what will you do to make room? You know, we'll all naturally do what you, what you love. Did that, did that bring something in, in your mind when I just said you will naturally do what you love? Is it your partner? Is it chocolate? Is it football? Whatever it is. You you will naturally follow and do what what you love. You will naturally do what you're desperate for. And you will naturally do what's important to you. And I'm hoping one of those things is Jesus. You know, Jesus, he came and he was the author and the perfecter of our faith. Everything in the Bible led to Jesus. And then everything after Jesus is waiting for Jesus to come back. The Son of God. So I've got a couple of um, buckets here this morning with some cloths cloth on them and I've got another cloth here we're going to use this morning. Um, I'd like to open up with just a, a simple scripture and it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, and it's from Matthew 16:24 to 26, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or well, what shall a man give in return for his soul? Over this fasting season, are we going to take up the cross, deny ourselves and follow him? It's a, it's a really exciting thing to do. Do you, do you get excited when you, when you actually... I don't know if, how many of you have fasted before. Um, even though it's tough on your body... Do you come up with an expectation of of what God's going to do in your life as you fast? Not just thinking, oh, I'm going to give up food today. Today I'm only going to have water. Today I'm only going to have another avocado, whatever it is. Um, But hey, I'm I'm focusing because what I'm doing is actually going to get me to a place where I'm closer to God. Um, To take take this time to, to press in like you never had before. So that word for 2024 was to make room. You know, if you lived each day like it was your last, one day you'll be right. And so wouldn't you want to live like it was your last day? So when, you, when it is your last day, you've actually done the right thing. You've actually lived it right. And, I, and they say, what do they say? Um, you live each day like it's going to be your last, but you plan like you're going to live forever. Uh, if we lived like it's our last day, who would you give a hug to you haven't hugged? Who would you go and, and say sorry to that you needed to say sorry to? Who would you go and make restitution for something that you had to? What would be different in your life if it was your last day? And Maybe if we lived our, our lives just out of that thought, what a difference it would make. You know, why would you, you worry about tomorrow? Why would you be fighting over silly things when it's your last day? You know, it would help us not to fall into the trap of holding on to anything too tight. So we put to death our old men on the cross, then we get up and we walk in new life. So it's not just hopping on your knees and laying everything down, that's one thing. Then we've got to get up and we've got to walk in that new life. Uh, sometimes it's a bit difficult, but, some t- but we've just got to walk in our new life. Um, it's like the, that old, that game. What is it? Is it whack-a-mole? Whack-a-mole? You know, have you ever been to the... Uh, the amusement parlours and, and those, what are they? they? they moles, obviously, stick their head up. And you've got to whack them when they, they put their head up. And they come out quicker and you've got to whack a mole. You, you know when you become a Christian, you give your life to God. All things are made new. You're saved. You're giving your life to Him. But then the old man starts to reappear and it's like that whack a mole. That old thought comes up. What do you do? What do you do? You get the Word of God and you whack that mole. If, if that... If that, if that re- if that rejection comes up in your life and you start to feel rejected again, what do you do? I'm a new, per- I'm a new creation in Christ, you whack that mole. What, 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 I don't know what's coming up in your life and what's going on in your life. But maybe we need to take up a bit of gumption and just whack that mole and say, this is who I am. <laughs> By the way, I hope your name's not mole here. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not going to remember anything else I said except that. Um, so follow God's plan for your room make life you know make, make make room for that you know if you were going to be a professional what would you do you'd, you'd go to university you'd study you'd, you'd take on an apprenticeship if you're going to be an apprentice if you wanted if you wanted to be a chess champion you would study at chess you would you would, you would re- you'd f- refine your skills you get to be the best chess player ever so why don't we do that with our faith you know, if you've, if you've found yourself this year in exactly the same position as your last year, well, maybe I, I'd encourage you to get out the Word of God, start reading the Word of God, start to put some disciplines in place, and get, next year you're going to be in a different place than what you are this year. Yeah. S- simple things, simple things. And, and maybe it's just worship. You know, if you've you've a, Some things come naturally to you. Some things come hard. I, I don't know what you're like. Um, in, in my Christian walk, I love to worship. I could just worship all the time. It just comes naturally. But other things come difficult. And that's where you're going to take up that process of whacking that mole. Whatever it is that comes up and it's holding you back, say, this is not me. I'm not doing anymore. I'm going to press in. I'm going to push into this area. Because can I tell you that the rough areas in your life and the areas you struggle in, they're probably the areas we're going to find breakthrough. And it's going to be um, your... I hate it when words go. Your test is going to become your testimony. Don't don't push away from the test. Go through the test and let it be your testimony. So let's put some some legs on this theme of making room. What are the rhythms in your life? Um, You know, the future of your lives will be determined by the quality of your decisions. If you're not going to write, write anything else down this morning, write that down. The future of, of our lives will be determined by the quality of our decisions. So if you were here last week when Pastor Anne bought the, um, the message, she, she bought the message from 2 Kings and it was a story about the, the widow who had no money and she's going to have to sell her sons into slavery. And so uh, the, the prophet went and told her to get a hold of the pots. And so she had one jar of oil, so she, go, she goes she goes and gets the pots. She goes and closes the door. She goes and gets her sons, and she goes and pours the oil into the pots. The prophet gave her the word. God gives you the word, but are you, the question is: Are you going to go and obey the word? Are you going to be the one that's going to go and get the pots to drag them back to your house, which seems mundane? Are you going to close the door, ask the people in, and then are you going to start pouring? Are you going to start pouring? We have this, this thought in our Christian faith that we just come in and God's going to do everything. Well, God anoints vessels. God anoints vessels. And, and, and to be a vessel, you have to put some work into a vessel. A vessel is like, you know, we, we talk about the potter's wheel. And you've got to be willing to get on that pot, potter's wheel and he molds you into shape and he gets you to the person you want to be. And then one day when, you, when you're that person that can hold the oil, then he's going to pour the oil in. But it's going through that... that, that process of going through the potter's wheel that that we get stuck on. So the miracle came as you did what the prophet said. Many ways to make room. We can separate ourselves. We can press into God. We can praise and worship. We can do His will. We can give to make room for a miracle. We can work hard at work. There's so many things to make room for God. So I want to look at a couple of people uh, this morning who made room for God. And hopefully over the next few times I'm preaching I'm going to choose a different person who made room for God and we're going to see what God does and hopefully it'll inspire you to make room, more room for God yeah. in your life um, and I don't know what to say I don't know what that looks like I don't know what it, what it looks like but I, I, I know last year I talked a bit about Jesus prayer life he got up in the morning he prayed at midday he prayed at night he prayed he, he, he fasted regularly he had these, these rhythms of his life that he stuck to. Can we, can we get stuck into those rhythms this year and see where God's going to lead us? So the first, first thought I had was press in. And you've heard this story many, many, many times. It's from Luke 8. And it's from verse 40. It's amazing, eh, that, you, know, you know, how many women in the Bible do amazing things and put us men to shame? It says in, in verse 40, sorry, Luke 8, verse 40. Yep. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there, there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at his, his Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he, he, he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on, on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touch me, for I perceive that the power was gone out of me. And when the woman came, when the woman saw that, that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in his presence of all the people, why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, I know we've read this story many, many, many times here in, in this church, um, Jesus, if, if you know, you know about the, the Jewish prayer shawls. and Jesus would have been wearing this, this shawl when he was walking along, and, and well. And as you can tell at the bottom, there's these things called Talits at the bottom, and the Talites are the promises of God. And when they prayed that they would, they would hold on to the promises of God, like, did you get that? They would hold on to the promises of God. nothing else this morning just write that down I'm going to hold on to the promises of God that they would hold on to the promises of God and and as they prayed they would remember the promises and they would remember the promises and they would remember the promises every single one of them and this woman as she came she's she's going through the crowds pressing towards Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment and you probably heard this many times before so you know which garment what that was don't don't you you know, she touched him with his garment, which was just that simple promise. What was the promise? For her, it was her healing. I don't know what promises you need for your life, but maybe it's time to reach out this morning. Maybe it's time to make room. And her making room moment was pressing through the crowds, heading towards God, getting close to him, not worried about what the people thought, because you do know she was unclean. And in Jewish tradition, what happens if you touched a clean person when you're unclean? They became unclean. So nobody wanted to touch this woman. If you knew that she was an unclean woman and she'd pressed past you, touched you on the way through, you were unclean. And you had to go through all the ceremonial rites to make yourself clean. No one wanted to touch this woman. No one wanted this woman around because she was unclean. And here she was taking this huge chance because she wanted to touch the, the, and get the answer from this prayer or the promise of God. So she was pressing through. Can you imagine if she didn't make it to Jesus, what would have happened? And she wasn't made clean? What would they have done with her? They probably would have thrown her out of the city because you made all these people unclean. Maybe they would have done worse to her. She took a huge chance in pressing in towards Jesus just to touch the hem of his garment. I don't know what what you're like in worship this morning. Were you that desperate this morning? I just need to touch the hem of his garment. There's a promise there on the hem of his garment. Am I going to make room in my praise and worship that I'm going to press and to touch the hem of his garment because there's a promise there for me this morning? I'm worshiping him because he's the king of kings and lord of lords. But hey, there's something there for me as well. So what's your excuse? She had a million excuses why she couldn't get there, but she was so desperate. She needed this. she had spent all her money, all her wealth, everything she had to get to this man named Jesus. What are we going to do to get to this man named Jesus? And so many of us just settle into our, our life. And we don't press through like we should to get to the hem of his garment. Just the hem. Just the hem of his garment was the answer to our prayers. I believe there's answers to to our prayers. I don't know what that answer is, but I believe there's answer to our prayers. He hears our prayers. And because he is just and he is true and he knows what's best, I believe he gives us the best answer for our prayers. You know, what are you settling for in your life? Are you holding on to that bitterness because that person hurt me? Are you holding on to that fear because I'm too scared to do this? Are you holding on to the regret because I tried and I failed? Maybe it's time to press through those things. Press through those things. Get to the hem of his garment and allow him to come and release you from the curses that are over your life. Release him from the things that are holding on to you that should not be in your life. Are you going to make room? Are you going to make room to confront the hard issues Maybe start on the small things and confront the hard issues and allow God to come in with His manifest presence and touch you and release you from those things in your life. All of us have made mistakes. All of us are broken in some way. But God has this habit of restoring and making us new. I've seen it over and over again, and you would have too. And we just hold back because whatever reason, we're scared or we don't think God's going to do it, or whatever. we sit back and we don't press in. Can I encourage you this morning... Press in over this prayer and fasting time. Press in, touch the hem of his garment and see what promises he's got for you today, for your life. Next thought, love ridiculously. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture for each each thought this morning. And you would have heard this many, many times. And it's from Luke 7. It starts at, at verse 36. It says, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. It's Jesus, of course. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, bought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them in the hair with the hair of her head and kissed his feet. And anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors, one owned five hundred denarii and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered. The one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears. And wiped them with her hair. You came, you gave me no kiss, but from the time I came, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You do not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But who is but who is forgiven, little loves little. And then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. When was the last time you sat, you laid down, hopped on your knees at Jesus' feet? When was the last time you laid down something that cost you something at Jesus' feet? When was the last time that your emotions flowed up and overwhelmed you at Jesus' feet. Hey, that's a challenge just there. That's a challenge just there. When you're giving up your coffee, or maybe you're getting up in the morning, I don't know what you're doing for fasting, it might be social media, it might be TV, it might be I don't know what it is. Instead of picking up that phone and, and watching the social media, maybe hop on your knees. Maybe just some, spend some time at his feet. You know, this woman, it doesn't say which city she was from. All you knew that was she was a sinner, possibly abandoned or a prostitute. <laughs> what a great reputation. This woman had no name, once again. Doesn't tell you her name. A lot of people speculate it was, it was other people in the Bible, but the scholars actually say it's, no one knows her name. Never mentioned her name. And all all she was called was sinner. Didn't even know where she was from. But you know the city she came from had a bad reputation, which means she probably had a really bad reputation. And all I can say is that Jesus accepted her. Accepted her offering, accepted her gift. And he's never going to turn you away, ever. He's going to accept whatever gift you bring to him. Whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to be something really ostentatious. He just wants you—you you know, out of your mouth. I'm sorry, out of your heart. The mouth speaks, and it doesn't really matter whether you shout in Yahoo or you fall on your knees. He knows what's going on in your heart. And and this woman, he knew what was going on in her heart. He knew she was genuine. And here he is. He, he just says to her, "Your sins are forgiven." You know, once again, when this woman went into the Pharisee's house, because she was a sinner, because she was probably a prostitute, only knew her as a sinner. Can you imagine if you go to a religious person, say it was me as I'm looking after this location, you come to me with your sins and I just say, you're just a sinner. I don't even mention your name, I say, you're a sinner. What would you think? That, she went into this guy's house and that's the way he talked to her. She took a huge chance going to this Pharisee's house. She could have been strung up just by going to the house and yet she took the big chance of going into this house just to lay down at his feet, to worship him, to wash his feet. Now I've got some buckets here this morning. Did anyone just get a cringe? (laughs) I've got some buckets here this morning. We've got some cloths here this morning. What would happen if I started picking people out? saying, you're going to wash that person's feet. You're going to wash this person's feet. Let me tell you, Jesus' feet weren't holy feet. They were holy feet, but they were not clean. They were dirty. They would have been smelly. But she took it her privilege to go and just wash his feet. She recognized who Jesus was. And maybe some of us just need to recognize who Jesus is. And then you'll just start to love him. Forget about all the religious stuff. Just fall in love with Jesus. You know, and then just follow him. That's the hard part. We fall in love with Jesus, but then following him. Uh, You know, when he went to the disciples, what did he say to them? Yeah, he didn't say, I need you to get saved. I need you to stop doing this. I need you to change your life. Just follow me. Maybe we didn't, we'd make it too complicated. Let's just give up our old life. Lay it down. If it sticks his head up, we're going to whack him <laughs> all. But we're just going to follow him. We're just going to follow him. You know, do we parallel his behaviour? You know, we all have big choices. But I believe instead of looking at the big choices, let's just start making small choices for him. Let's just start doing the small stuff. To to get some ticks on the board, do some small stuff for him. The last thought is follow intentionally. Both of these follow Jesus. In fact, they stalked him. They stalked Jesus. They weren't going to rest until they got to the feet of Jesus. Both of them. They stalked him. They stalked him in the busy street. They stalked him into a Pharisee's house. They were just going to have an appointment with, their G- with Jesus. You know, we all have a direction, and we should be heading, and can we, can we make a promise to ourselves that don't follow our feelings? Don't let our feelings dictate us? Can we just follow where God wants us to go? Might be scary, might be hard? We just go where God wants us to do. God wants us to go. And In Romans 8:28, it says, For we know that all things work together for good for those who love to and have been called according to His purpose. In verse 31, it says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And In verse 37 to 39, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, hang on to those scriptures, everybody. Come on, nothing can separate us from God. Why are we getting scared of that stuff? God, you're right beside me. I'm going to take on that giant. I'm going to take it on because my God is right here beside me. Why should I be afraid? You know, we're going to make room. Claire, it's funny. Claire told me about this story last week, the week before, and I opened up one, uh, my, one of the readings I've got. Because I don't know what you're like, I've got lots of different apps on my phone for Bible readings. Everyone, I opened up another one this week, and, and opened up, and I, it had exactly the same thing. I said, "God, you're talking to me." So I'm just going to read it out this morning. This is from John Wesley. If you know who he was, you're a theologian. He started the the Methodist Church. He was an evangelist. He was a a man who who walked by faith hugely in the Christian world um, a long time ago. So it says in his diary, Sunday morning, May the 5th, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back by anyone. (laughs) Sunday p.m. May the 5th, preached at St. John's, the deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m. May the 12th, preached at St. Jude's, Can't go back there either. Sunday p.m. May the 12th. Preach at St. George's. Kicked out again. Sunday a.m. May the 19th. Preach at St. Somebody's. Somebody else's. The deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. May the 19th. Preached on the street. Kicked off the street. Sunday a.m. May the 26th. Preached in the meadow. Chased out the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. Sunday a.m., June the 2nd, preached out at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. What would happen if he stopped there? What what are we doing? What are we allowing to stop us in our walk with God? Can I say, all of you have got a calling. I know what that looks like for each and every one of you, but don't let these things stop your calling. Because Sunday, p.m., June the 2nd, afternoon service, preached in a pasture, 10,000 people came to hear me. What is your excuse? What is our excuse? Can we make room to break through in this season? Yes. If, I, if I told you about John Wesley, we all know he was an amazing man of God who did amazing things, but the story to get there, there is a story to get there, and what's your story? What's your story to get there? Sometimes the things we perceive as failures are actually the steps to break through. Make room for your gift. Step in like the woman with the issue with blood. Minister in your gifting like the woman who washed Jesus' feet. Can we not compare ourselves to others? Both these these girls did completely different things, but they both ministered to God and they both got their answer. Make room for love. What would happen if these two women had just lived like all the others? They never would have made it to this book. And by the way, this is a story of, of, of people's lives. This is a story of, of Jesus. Um, what is the story of your life? If they were going to write down your story, what would it look like? If it went into the pages, um, would it be a good story? I, I, I pray it would be a good story, something that enthuse everybody else. Because God's got a story for each and every one of your lives. It's just, it's just yet to be written. And can you imagine what the good things that can be written about you for the next period of your life? It's exciting, everybody. It is exciting, everybody. You know, I met a man during the week and I was was talking to him, this guy, not that tats are anything bad, but he was tats from head to toe all over him. And I'm talking to him and and he says to me, I know this preacher up at Redlands. And uh, he said, we went to school together. And he said, we were both really bad. He said, we were bad kids. And he met this Christian girl. And he said, when he met this Christian girl, he went to church. And he's to- he said, he's totally changed. He said, now he's a pastor of a church. He's got four kids. His life's in order. And he went through this big, long list of, of how things are going really well for him. But he said, I went the other way. And he's, he's in... I won't say too much because I don't want, want to, you yeah. um, but his life's in disarray, his life's a mess, his headspace just isn't there and he says, I made wrong choices. He said, I made wrong choices and he said, and now I'm, I'm suffering from the choices I made. He said, I've got things drawn on me that I should have never drawn on me and he said, and he said, they're there forever and he said, I, I wish I had a life more like this other man." So today, what choices are you going to make? What are you going to make room for in your life? That next year, when we come round and it's February next year, you're going to be in a different place than you were this year. Some of you need to go to university. Some of you need to study the Word. Some of you need to take a chance and, and start your own business. Some of you need to get into prayer more. Some of you need to find Jesus. Some of you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to be set free from some things that are holding you back. Are you going to make room that this is going to be your breakthrough season, not a break-you season? If we're broken just like these two, we're going to come to God. So can I ask the question? God asked this question. Does everyone know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior here this morning? You know, if, if you don't, best decision you could ever make. Mine was 1970, was it 1979? 1979, when I gave my heart to the Lord. Best thing I ever did. My life changed around totally. Can I encourage you today? You want to know Jesus? Anybody here would like to know more, would like to know Jesus? Anybody here? And and let me tell you, not just know Jesus, follow Jesus. If you just know him, it gets painful. You you know, have you ever walked this season in your life as a Christian? When you're walking and and you're not following him and and you're walking in sin? It's a terrible season because you know what's right and you're not doing it. And you're conflicted in your soul, and it just, it just tears you apart as you're doing it. But when you follow him, you find freedom in him. So can I encourage you this morning, if you don't know God, or maybe if you, you need to rededicate yourself to God this morning, don't just walk in your sin. Say, God, I need it, but then start walking in this sin. Whack a mole, get rid of that stuff. And follow him. It will set you free it'll set you free. So is anybody here who'd like to know to find God. Anybody here would like to give their lives to God. Anybody here would like to rededicate their lives to God. If you do, I'm just going to ask you, can you want to put up your hand, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone here at all? Anyone here at all? By the way, I love it you put up your hand. Shows, shows the, the authenticity of your heart, the passion you have. Love it. Anybody else here at all? Great. So you're all on fire, running after God. Passionate people for Christ. Ready to take on the world. So as we finish off this this word this morning, I'd like to make room. And we shouted when we finished worship. And I wanted to do that because it just I don't know what you like, when you worship it allows God's presence but when you shout it sort of breaks stuff off you, it sort of sets you free and I hope, are you feeling free this morning? We're just going to pray a prayer and even though we're a little bit over we're going to sing a song again before we finish our service and I don't know if you need to have a few whack-a-mole moments in this service Where you say, I've had enough of this, I'm I'm not doing this anymore, I want to get this off my life. Maybe you need a moment where you're just going to, this woman didn't have a bucket, she had a a jar of ointment, but you you come and you you pour out something on Jesus' feet this morning. Maybe you need to press in and be like the other woman and, and go through the crowds, press into him and find that moment where you get to the prayer time where you can find the promises of God that he's got for you today. If, if that's you, we'd love you to come to the front, but even if you want to sit in your seat, press and sing like you never sung before this morning. Let's find a place in God where, where God can touch us and release us. You know, and as, as we all leave, can you, can you ask and say, God, what are you going to challenge me with this week that I can give up? What am I going to fast that I can press into you this week? Prayer time, everybody, 6 o'clock on Tuesday, 6 o'clock on Tuesday. Tuesday morning and night I pray that more of us get to these prayer meetings more of us more of us get to these prayer meetings be like a John Wesley that I'm going to keep pressing in no matter what they do to me I'm going to keep pressing in no matter what this religious stuff does I don't want this religious stuff and by the way there's people here that have been hurt by religion can I say sorry on behalf of the church for what they've done to you just find Jesus Jesus and, and, and find a church that loves like Jesus. None of us are perfect. We're all going to let you down. But genuinely, I, I pray that if you do call, do call this church home, that you find a loving relationship here where you can trust people. You can speak honestly and genuinely towards, towards others. They're going to love you. They're going to pray for you. They're going to release you. They're going to help you through your pain and your hurt. Can we stand and can we sing this morning? Lord God, I pray as we stand and sing. I pray and ask, Lord God, Lord, that we would humbly come before you, Lord God. But Lord, expectant, expectant that you're going to move, Lord, expecting the miracle, expecting the release, expecting the freedom, Lord God, Lord, as we worship and as we praise you this morning, as we press in, Lord God, through, through the crowds, through the normality, Lord God, into something new and new this morning, we would find you afresh. Maybe find you again, Lord, as as the first time we met you, when we first gave our life to you. In that moment, Lord, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray and ask, Lord, that your manifest presence would be in this room, Lord. That it would change us this morning. It would change us this morning. And by faith, we're going to step into a place in you, Lord God, we haven't before. I pray. Let's praise and worship him today. Let's praise and worship him. We hoped you loved that message. If you want any more information about us, head to highway.com.au.